right, all right. <sighs> Podcast with Tomcat Trumpet. It's been a while, a long time since I've done a podcast, but I'm here with my good homie, me parcero, me Colombian brother, Tomcat Trumpet, and not really going to make this like anything too wordy, maybe you could just introduce yourself, who you are, what you do, what you want to do, like what you've done with your music, and uh, yeah, just get right into it. Cool. Well, first off, thank you for having me. Uh, thank you for sharing space and time with me. It's always a pleasure whenever we get to collaborate, but uh, yeah, my name is Tomcat Trumpet. I'm a Chicago-based trumpet player, producer, DJ, musician, creative person, and um, yeah, I've been doing trumpet, playing trumpet semi-professionally to full-time for the past four years. Um, yeah, based out of Chicago, IL. Damn. When we met was like four ish years ago i think mm -hmm. i was working in cbd space and well first you made a status about i'm looking for painters or something and then like i was tagged in your status and then i never painted at your events but then like i was looking for somebody to perform at a cbd show in the southwest suburbs and then like ended up booking you that's how we met and um it's been a wild trajectory of both of our lives with like creativity and just like our friendship and yeah, I've seen, I've witnessed like the different kind of like growth you've been on and we've shared moments together in that many journey. moments. And like when we first started, when I first met you, that was a really interesting point in my career because I was super like, I'm doing music. I'm going to do all the gigs and perform at any and every event that I can. And that was super fun. Like I remember I went to that CBD store you guys hooked me up with some like CBD goods <laughs> and like you took some really cool pictures of me and like right away we kind of vibed and I was like any way to work with this guy I'm like I'm super down and ended up looking for a live painter found out that you're a multifaceted <laughs> creative and that you yeah. paint do hip-hop and do podcasting and also do music and um, photography and all kinds of stuff so it was um yeah it was We've been on quite a journey uh, as a friendship, and it's been uh, a really fun process. We went to Cancun together. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny because it's like, I'm remembering, like, now that we're just talking about this out loud, like, I'm remembering the different ways I viewed, like, you as a person or an artist or, like, a creative. Um, can you still hear yourself? Um Cause like, I remember when I first showed up at your Tomcat trumpet event and like, that's every last Wednesday of the month in Chicago at a live one for anybody that's listening. Um, um, and I remember that was one of the first events I've been to in Chicago at the time, like as a rapper where I felt like this is like a festival vibe. This isn't just like, and I'm not trying to talk shit about the Chicago scene cause I think Chicago's beautiful, but like there's a lot of ego that you've come across and like people with like personas as artists or something, but this felt like a genuine, like kind of like a carny vibe in a way <laughs> that's or, exactly what i was going for so i'm glad <laughs> glad we executed on that yeah it really was like a variety show like yeah burlesque event and the uh the inspiration behind that event actually and my inspiration to like play trumpet and to like do music full-time was um i went to electric forest and i got to camp with the artist and i helped a friend who is a builder um, I got to help him build a, a stage and then I got to meet all these creative people and like I just came back so inspired the next year I auditioned to play trumpet and like do this weird like 1940s like 
character acting thing. Mm. And right as soon as I came back from uh, Electric Forest, I was like met all these amazing like creative people from Chicago. And I was like, I want to a lot of these people are from Chicago. I want to keep that like creativity and that like carnival festival like community together like once a month. And it just kind of like spiraled into this variety show that features art, poetry, stand up comedy, um, variety acts and music of all different kinds. And like, yeah. you have performed hip hop on the <laughs> show. You have that. W- that was crazy. Uh, yeah. A couple times, I think two or three times. And one time you had a break dancer during your yeah. set. <laughs> and, um, and you've also live painted at the event many times too. And it's, um, it's been a, it's been a really cool journey. It's crazy that that show has been running for like uh, a little over three years now at a live one. And it's more than anything is my passion project. Like, a lot of the other gigs that I do are performing in nightclubs and a little bit more uh, scheduled and rigid in ways, mm. whereas the Alive One show is just a place for me to bring creative people together just to have fun. And, yeah, we've we've had a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of fun there together. How do you feel, like, with the, the club aspect to your, I guess, career, your mm. profession, your lifestyle? Like, because I get people sending me videos of you because they know I know you. They're like, oh, this is your friend, like, doing clubs or something like that. And then, like, because I've been to your club shows a couple times, and every time I'm there with you, I'm like, this is totally different than Tomcat Trumpet. Oh, yeah. Like, what would you say is, like, your favorite thing about the club versus the favorite thing about hosting your own curated event? Um, The clubs have helped me elevate my performances, uh, my performance style. Um, They've helped me realize how to pick a song that I want to perform, how to learn it, how to execute it from beginning, middle, and end, how to pick music that people relate to and that people will sing along with and how to really like grab a crowd and like mm-hmm. pull them and take me, take them on a journey with me. Um, and that part is I'm really grateful for because if it wasn't for that structure and for that, that format, I don't think I, I would have grown as much as I have. Um, but doing my own curated event is just a little bit more, a little bit more stressful Mm -hmm. because I have, you have like six, seven, eight performers on any given night and you have sound to consider and aesthetics to consider and like scheduling and all everything that showing up three, four hours early to set up the sound and everything like that. So there's a little more stress involved in that way, but it's so much more liberating in the way of like. I know I can do whatever, like I can play a DJ set and play whatever kind of music I want, whatever I'm feeling really called to. So they both play very like important roles in, uh, in my life. Um, and they, I, I don't think I would want to do one without the other, you know? It seems like when I see you at the club stuff, that is a place for you to channel that kind of like uninhibited, like back bendy, like loud trumpet like space feeling energy Mm. and then the trumpet experience is more experimental Mm -hmm. as well as like i get to see you be more like i see you actively like dissecting the crowd and like you're like i like it i love it i want you like interact you find your way of interacting with the crowd yeah yeah like one thing for people that don't know tomcat tomcat's been like doing more shows around the city and like just opened up for uh balcon bump at the chop shop 
Now you're going down to Okeechobee to sit in with what's the band's name? I want to give them um, a shout So out. I'm playing with a band called Red Giant Project. Um, I played with them at Electric Forest this past year. I'll be there again with them this year. Um, but at beginning of March, I'm going down to Okeechobee to play with them, which is super cool. They're a bunch of amazing musicians who create incredible music, and it's an honor and a privilege uh, to play with them. But it's also like a very different for me to play with a group or a band because. Mm. When I play in the clubs, it's a DJ and me, and I have to, like, really... When I first started doing that, it took me a minute to, like, really step into that role of, like, it's your time to shine. Now go and entertain people. I was, like, kind of timid, and that energy is not going to help you. If people want to take out their phones and take videos of you, you have to really take up space physically. You have to take up... Mm-hmm. You're, you're the star of the show, and you want to embody that. Uh, but playing in a group is different because there's a different dynamic. There's a different there's a different feel. You're a cog in the wheel and mm-hmm. everything is, it's not about you shining. It's about the unit moving together in this like really like fluid way that when everything is going right, everybody's in their right element and no person is shining too much. It's, um, it's a really fun, uh, contrast to my usual performances. So yeah, I'm excited about it. Like satiates a different part of my musical, like creativity and taste with the, performing with this band before have you done it like a handful of times or just the one electric forest at electric forest but we played like three or four sets okay so we um the the first time was amazing um the vibes were so right the forest was incredible the crowd was amazing and i met them 30 minutes before our set like our set was 2 30 a.m and i met them 2 a.m backstage they're from san diego i'm from chicago and i just met them backstage and they were like we don't have time to rehearse so we're just gonna go out and do it i was like cool we're just gonna like go out and do it you know no big deal um but it was great and as the weekend went on and we performed together more we were able to like really sync up and um it was just a a really cool experience so i'm really looking forward to playing with them i'm really looking forward to everything i have coming up but um yeah festivals are a different energy than a club that's for sure yeah and then you've done um events with your partner emily yeah yoga events in the city like drinking what you what you call them again uh like we call them rise and vibe rise and vibe yep so um during the pandemic when the world was kind of sh- first starting to open up again we would do i would dj and play trumpet and she would teach yoga and you uh did live painting <laughs> and um photography yeah. at some of those events yeah and then we had the opportunity to lead a retreat in Cancun where we were we needed a photographer and you were the first person I called. I was like, yo, John, you want to go to Cancun? I'll get my plane ticket. <laughs> <laughs> and that was um, that was really special. Um, it's amazing working with her. She, uh, Emily Blackwell, she inspires me a lot. She's actually right now, as we speak, she's leading uh, a week-long yoga retreat in Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. And she's doing another one next week too. But um especially going through the pandemic, she, like when music was gone, she was able to help guide me back to yoga, which is something that I had experienced with in my early 20s. And if it wasn't for yoga and meditation, I don't think I would be as healthy as I was throughout mm-hmm. the pandemic, having a different outlet to make me feel like myself. Like as a creative, if you're not able to paint or do music or do whatever your your thing is when that is taken away from you you lose your sense of self and i got lost in the sauce of my own self Mm -hmm. and um yoga and meditation really helped so we were able to do those started with live streams and live events then the retreat and then we both got too busy with our own things to to keep it going but 
yeah, yoga and meditation is definitely still a pretty, um, pretty big part of my life. Yeah. With between the yoga events, your own curated stuff, sitting in with bands or like getting booked for your own time slots at festivals or concerts, like, do you see yourself like wanting to stick to one? Like as time goes on and you're like, all right, I'm just going to do 30 minute slots, 45 minute slots. Or mm. like, I want to keep sitting with other bands. Cause I guess when I ask, like, if you perform with that band a lot, I'm always curious how different bands do it. Like, after this set, do you go, like, oh, we messed up there? Like, I like, like, do you guys meet creatively, mentally? Like, okay, let's do this better next time. Or, like, let's do this for another, like, eight bars and then, like, see where it takes you there. Like, yeah. In uh, in my experience, um, there's everything can always be improved. And, like, very often I come home from my gigs and I even write about, how I can improve when I'm just playing with myself. So when, when you're playing with a group, there's always little things here or there um, uh, to be improved upon. But like as far as my what I see for myself in the future, what I intend to do, I want to do it all. That's like mm-hmm. one of my the things about playing trumpet that I love so much is that I've created a career where I can play with DJs pretty much full time. But I also have the availability to DJ myself. I have the availability to like or the opportunities to like play with other bands, to mm-hmm. sit in with other people. And I think I really like the versatility of it. Like the trumpet can be used in many different ways. And I want to continue to explore all the different ways and like not stick to one, but just keep spreading my branches into all the different musical mediums and any way that I can perform in front of people. I'm going to, I'm going to explore it as an option. <laughs> yeah. I think with you being someone who gives other people an opportunity to, I'd be curious because I say that because of the Tomcat trumpet event, I've seen you just let anybody hop on stage with an instrument and just like join a jam. Mm -hmm. Um, If you had any advice for people that are kind of in this same space of like, I play one instrument and I'm learning, I want to figure out how to like either make this a career or like just feed my passion. Do you have any advice for someone like trying to break into a scene or like yeah. find some confidence on stage or anything? Sure. That's a really good question. Um, my advice would just, would be to just get out there and do it. Like before I started doing all this stuff and even got booked to do events, I would just go to open mics and I would go to like community music hangs. And at my old apartment, I had a, a notebook, like a note card on my desk and I had like every single day of the week, an open, uh, an open mic. And I would go out every mm-hmm. single, almost every single night. And I would just meet people and make connections and just try to like jam with other people. And I think that looking back, I like, sometimes I see videos of myself at those performances. And I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> dude, that sounds so bad. Like that's, that's terrible. But the, it gave me confidence going out and like, it took some it took some courage to get out there and get on stage. And like the more you build it up to be something bigger than it is, the more you're uh, a fear of doubt or rejection or whatever is going to build too. So my advice would be just like, get out there and do it, you just know, it. on any level you can and make as many connections as you can, because music and arts, we all need each other. And mm. if you're, your personality comes through your music and comes through your creativity. And I feel like, if you're out there just being yourself, you're going to end up like crossing paths with people who have like a similar vibration, if that makes sense. It's it's real because like I remember, I forget the, your friend's name, but he does the trombone at your show. Yeah, Joe and found. And he, uh, I think the first time I saw him, he was wearing like a frog. Yeah. Like helmet. 
type situation. I just remember I was like, that's so goofy. It was a squid. It was, <laughs> it was a, a squid. squid. I was like, this is so goofy, but like he's so safe right there. Yeah. And you guys did such a good, nice, like 15 minute jam to grammatic songs. Mm-hmm. And I was like, because, like, I found with rapping and performing, like, I always had nerves. Like, I don't think nerves always, like, ever go away, depending on the situation. Unless you're doing the same set for, like, the millionth time, then mm. you're, in, like, in a flow. But it is, like, you just kind of have to do it. You mm. just have to, like, put yourself into a fearful place. And it's always worse in our brain. For sure. 100%. And, like... Everybody has nerves, like no matter who you are, if you're a performing artist, you're always there's always going to be a little bit of that anxious energy. And I think that that's healthy, you know, that helps us live up to our full potential. Um, And then if you're doing it right, then once you start performing, that nervous energy turns into excited energy. And that's when you take that like butterfly in your stomach and use it as like a force to like make yourself perform better than you even knew you were capable of Mm -hmm. pressure makes diamonds or it it can (laughs) at least. And I think, um, it's important to like, not be like, Oh, I don't get nervous or I don't like think about my performances or anything like that. Like use that energy of that nervousness. Like I read somewhere that like, uh, something about like nerves and excitement are the same something in the brain. It's just about the way you perceive them. And I find that mm. to be like really true for myself. Just like as soon as like if I'm doing an hour long set, five minutes in, the nerves have gone away and I'm a fish, I'm like feeling myself. I'm feeling good, feeling in the element. And there's no better feeling in the world than when you give a performance and you look back on it and you surprise yourself yeah. with how you're how good you were able to do or like with your own abilities. Um, I think that like witnessing your own growth is such a like healthy tool to like build your self-confidence to build your self-respect and everything that goes along with that i mean you know you're a performing artist and a creative of all different kinds i feel like i can relate on the level of like my live painting because i've met people even at your show they're like i wish i could live paint and i'm like you can like join me right now and they like have the butterflies they're like i don't know what to draw like it's not good like you or something i'm like does take the practice you have to like develop your own style or enough of like a confidence with it because like you might not have style but you might have confidence because like that helps me like even the elephant on the wall right there that was like after a week of doing a certain style and I'm like let me just make the elephant in that style so it does help and then I had another question pop up in my brain or like pick your brain about this because this is with my ancestors now this podcast I know that your dad has had like a massive role with you as like a musician and I'm sure just a man in general. Yeah. Do you find that like your dad, like what kind of impact has your dad as a trumpet player had on you as an artist? And then like maybe just watching him be his own level of like trumpet amazingness. Like how does that impact you? That's a, it's a really good question. Um, it is, it influenced me in a lot of different ways. The first most notable, I think, other than watching his like relentless dedication to his craft, like for the, for anybody that doesn't know, my dad has played trumpet for Broadway shows in Chicago for the past 30 years, something like that. And every day throughout my life, he would wake up and practice for like four hours, several hours. Then he would go and he would play two Broadway shows where the level of which you're expected to perform at 
is not missing a single note. Yeah. So it's a it's a caliber of excellence. And that impacted me when I started playing the trumpet again about four years ago when it was just collecting dust under my bed. And I was like, I want to start doing this again. I like looked at myself in the mirror. I was like, all right, you know what you need to do. Wake up, practice your ass off. You know, that's the, the key. And um, but going back even further, when I was a kid, he would take me with him to these theaters downtown and I would get to go backstage and I would get to sit with him and the other musicians in the pit in the orchestra and seeing so many musicals from a uh, young age uh, made me kind of like fall in love with the surrender of the arts. Like mm. doesn't matter who you are, where you come from. If you go to a show or a Broadway show or something like that, you go, you sit in the audience, the lights go down and you surrender yourself to whatever story and music has to offer you. And that I've fallen in love with. I mean, music requires a surrender you have to be willing to accept it in order to go on the journey that it takes you on and it's another reason why i love the variety show because it's a journey in its own experience <laughs> it starts with comedy or poetry and then goes to singing and then goes to whatever and, and then finishes off the trumpet and dj and there's a live painter it's its own journey and i feel like as a human on this earth the ability to take somebody on a journey is a beautiful thing because we live in a crazy divided world with like religion and political beliefs and like all different kinds of stuff that divides us. But music and entertainment are one of the few things that like bring people together. It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, you're there and everybody's more or less the same. And that to me is like a very, very noble thing. So my dad inspired me to have the discipline to hone my craft, to be, to have the determination to be a master of my craft. Um, and also like introducing me to this creative side of myself in the world where you are able to just take people on a journey mm -hmm. that really like that stuck with me. And then ha being able to have him come and play with me at my shows is just like, Decade. just super. I remember the first time I asked him to do it, he, he was like, oh yeah, I'm playing like Wicked or something, but like, I'll come by after. <laughs> and then he comes by after this like amazing show playing at the auditorium theater, comes to a live one, this like small, like little backroom dive bar. And uh, the whole like vibe of father and son playing together is just like super special. Mm. And I will always uh, cherish those moments of like being on stage with him. Those are some of my favorite photos I captured too, because mm. it's like I'm like this is not just like a performance. This is like Dad Cat and Tom Cat. So always my and the Dad Cat thing. People think that I made that up, but like one time he was playing the show with me, and we finished the set, and like he always plays some like super crazy high note, and like we like give each other a hug, and like the whole place just starts screaming Dad Cat, <laughs> Dad, and my dad's like cracking up laughing, and I'm just like, bro, this is amazing. <laughs> And it kind of like uh, took took on from there, but yeah, it's um, music can be a really a really beautiful thing, and I think the unification aspect of it will is like one of my one of the things that like allows me to feel proud of how I show up in the world. Mm -hmm. I was wondering, based off like the surrendering to like different experiences, plus like your own background. I want to bring up the Columbia experience for totally because that's part of your like lineage and yeah. like you have family down there and you've lived down in Columbia has that experience living in like a place of your ancestors or your like lineage has that impacted your music at all like 
either stylistically or like the way you approach music or like did you have any experiences down there with your trumpet that I, 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 I didn't the did. first time that I went down well the first time when I went to live down there I did bring my trumpet with me and I practiced I was studying to be a yoga instructor at the time mm-hmm. um and but I brought my trumpet with me and I would just jam I would say my Colombian roots of like that experience of going to Colombia didn't necessarily have a direct impact on my music stylistically, but even deeper than that, it had a massive influence of who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. Growing up in the north suburbs of Chicago, I was always found myself like being too eccentric and too out there, too. Uh, just too much, you know, like I feel like I fit in with everybody and yet nobody at the same time. Mm -hmm. And when I went to Columbia and like stayed there for an extended period of time, several months being surrounded by in the city where my mom was born, surrounded by all these Colombian people and going salt, Cali, 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 Colombia, Valle de Cauca. (laughs) And when I went down there, I like had this big realization of like, I'm, I'm one of these people, Mm -hmm. you know, I, accepted myself for being a little bit more I don't know if eccentric is the right word but it's it could work you know Mm -hmm. just being a little bit more of myself like the Colombian people are very open very loving very expressive that the hand motions Mm -hmm. with the voice gestures and everything and um when I got connected to my roots in Colombia it definitely allowed me to have a bigger acceptance of like who I am as a person and like just connecting more to my roots and not so much the question of like, why am I always like not fitting in? And it's like, you're, you're just your lineage where you come from, you know? And on that note, you just came back from Columbia yourself. So I'd like to hear a little bit about how that, uh, how that experience went. When you say like you came back from that experience, like resonating with the, I guess, vibration or frequency of people down there i feel the same way because like i was walking around the streets and like it's so cool like being in like a country where everybody's the same ethnicity and like shares the same culture because like every block i was hearing the same colombian songs i've heard on like colombian playlists on spotify like that i've just discovered on my own but down there people are like living it listening to it and uh as well as there is like a level of like characteristic like mannerisms and like people like speaking really deeply or fastly or passionately or like everybody's like it seemed like people like not laugh deeper because like i don't want to paint the picture that colombia is better than america or anything like that even though like i felt like very like myself there um but there is like a richness to the people the culture the food the music even the air like the nature just seemed like a big part of everything. Cause even if you're not like, cause I was in Bogota, the city, and then my family lives in a suburb area of the bo- city called uh, Kennedy. And then we went to a, like a vacation town called Hiradot. Hiradot, if you've ever heard of it. Um, it's about like two and two and a half hours, like Southwest of Bogota. But I also felt a level. I'm like, these are my people. This is like why I was always dancing or singing or doing something creative because everybody down here seems to be doing the same thing like everybody can like either sing karaoke or can sew or Mm. it is wild to visit your country of origin it's a very vibrant culture Mm -hmm. and like the word vibrant has always resonated with me 
But especially like if I look back at my journals from when I was in Colombia, like it's probably one of the most words I use the most. Mm. So when I like started doing music, I like some I gave myself the tag tagline Chicago's most vibrant trumpet player. Oh yeah, and it kind of like stuck, and that part of that vibrancy resonates um, because of the because of Colombia. You mm-hmm. know, it's just. Like, as you know, like, the, the food is colorful, it's rich, it's sweet, it's juicy. The music is loud and very, it's just uh, very vibrant, and the people kind of reflect that vibrancy. So that's really cool. You got to feel a little bit of that, like, connecting to your raices, yeah, your, your yeah. roots a little bit, yeah. you know? Vibrancy is a good, like, stamp mm-hmm. for, like, everything down there. So far, from my first experience down there, um... And it wasn't vibrant where it was like overstimulating like America, where it's like you see a movie in America and it's like like vibrancy to the maximum. But down there, like because I was telling someone about the food I was eating, like it was a lot of food and there was a lot of ingredients, but it wasn't like ever too salty or too sugary or like they were using herbs plus the flavor of the actual meat or the veggies or the fish. And like I remember coming back and like, what did I eat? I ate something here. Oh, I ate because I work at a deli and I worked like a new salad they had on the menu and it was just so vinegary. I remember like I was like, whoa, my palate has changed the last like 10 days. Um, And I I appreciate that. Like I enjoyed that Colombia was more natural, definitely more natural with at least what's on the plate. Mm -hmm. I mean, they don't really have an option because everybody's just growing their stuff down there and like things aren't processed, but eye-opening experience for sure do you think that the um the culture and everything you experienced is has a impact on your art and everything that you create well with my ancestors this new vessel that i've been like tapping into is for fashion for like self-expression and then there is like a level of like i would like to go back down to columbia and live there and create clothing with my aunts who are amazing at sewing Mm -hmm. um and that impact is like not only just so I can learn from them and like grow with them and create stuff with them, but like to get them paid and to like, cause the situation down there in Colombia for everybody, not just my family, like not much money to like be made. And like, it's hard to leave the place that you're like set in stone with because there's not much, there's not a middle class. It's really like barrio that's really sketchy. And then city where people have jobs and like, you know, are making money. So, like, I guess the impact that Columbia is having on my art right now is just, like, wanting to make an impact with the art, you know? Because before it was, like, I was impulsive and I was, like, I'm good at what I do, but, like, I don't really have a focus or direction. But now with this with my ancestors, it's, like, a slow, like, thing that I'm figuring out the way to do this. But I also am trying to make it empowering for people that wear it. Yeah, that's um, that's really cool to to hear that like you're feeling empowered with this, and also like I feel like it's important to have a vision with whatever you decide to do. You know, like a master plan. You know, not just like doing this now because it feels good. I feel like having a vision for yourself and for your art, and having a meaning and a depth behind it makes it so much more gives it more longevity Mm -hmm. you know gives like personal longevity so you're like i'm not just doing this to make money this week but like 
it ties in with your life's purpose. One of my favorite quotes is, um, pretty sure it's Pablo Picasso. It was like, the meaning of life is to find your gift. The purpose of life is to share it. Uh. And finding that, I mean, I mean, I lived 26 years of my life without even really knowing my purpose. Mm -hmm. And then when I started sinking my teeth into the trumpet and starting to feel what it was like to be a performer and be a musician, like it was like a light bulb went out. I was like, yeah. oh, this is what I'm on this earth to do, you know? And even though there's been points in time where I like didn't have a whole lot of money or anything like that, what I had was that like reassuring like self of like, I know what I'm, what I'm here for. Mm. And many people sadly live their entire life without even having a purpose, you know, without having a special thing that gives them that sense of self. Like we talked about earlier. And, um, I wish for all people to find their purpose and to find their gift and to find their light and to find the thing that makes them themselves and to not just wake up and go to a, a job that you hate for your entire life and then wake up and be like, I hate this. What am I, mm -hmm. what have I been doing my whole life? You know, I think finding your vision and your purpose is really, it's, it's everything, you know? Yeah. There's like a realization I had when I was down there in Colombia. Cause like I would meet some people that weren't my family or like the conversations weren't like, Oh, what do you do? It's like, People, I mean, like, with my situation, the story of me being down there to be with my birth family, like, it's an automatic conversation starter. Mm -hmm. But there was rarely, I only got asked once by somebody, like, what do you do for a living? Where, mm -hmm. like, America, everybody's like, hey, networky, networky, like, this is what mm -hmm. I do, or, like, I want to get a better job or anything. So there is a different placement on value down there. And, like, I do hope people are able to tap into, like, what they're here to do, whether it's, like, I'm going to become a mom, or I'm going to become a dad, or I'm going to build homes or something or I'm going to be an artist because like I definitely have felt like lost too even though I have like music podcast clothing like I have so many different things but like I'm glad I do because I know people in my past have not had any like direction and like I don't know how to I, d I never know how to like help people like tap into that other than like just try something you got to do something like you can't just sit and think about stuff. You got to do it. You have to, you have to be pushed or push yourself outside of your comfort zone. Right. Mm -hmm. And for a, the longest time, I realized that I thrive when I'm pushed outside of my comfort zone. You know, I've, there has been many situations where I was not comfortable doing something, but afterward, I surprised myself with my own mm -hmm. ability. And then there's that there that self-confidence comes back and that vision comes back. But it takes a shift mm -hmm. and like a nudge to get yourself or to do whatever outside of your comfort zone. And I think one of the healthiest things you can do, like if something kind of scares you, but also kind of gets you excited, like that's the feeling mm -hmm. that you should do it, you yeah. know, and whether or not you fall flat on your face or whether or not like it goes perfectly like having the willpower to do something that kind of scares you, but also kind of excites you. And also like not being afraid of failure. Like yeah. failure is not a bad thing mm -mm. in order to succeed. You, the road to success is paved with nothing but failure. You know, like there was so many gigs that I did in my earlier years where I was like, 
where it did not go well. You know, yeah. I didn't sound good. My trumpet playing wasn't great. I was didn't know anything about microphones or anything like that. But through the course of just trying stuff over and over and over again, you figure out what works by not having it not work, yeah, <laughs> you know, definitely. and the fear of the fear of failure, I feel like is just such a, I mean, there's a bunch of quotes about that, but that's one of the, that's the stuff that kills dreams. You mm-hmm. know, you have to, you have to take a leap sometimes, you know, that's exactly what I said before I got here before this podcast too. Like I had a moment today where I was like, now nah, let's not do the podcast. But then I thought about, I'm like, why am I thinking that way? And it's like, there was fear. And then also you saying that reminded me of when I actually landed in Columbia and finally got to my hotel. I felt so relieved. I was like, I did it. I'm here. And then after the whole, after the whole Columbia experience, I came back home and I was so proud of myself because I pushed myself out of the comfort zone. I went to a foreign country that barely spoke the language like on my own and I did it successfully. And, and nobody I, can take that away from you. Yeah, and it felt so like empowering and validating that I did that. And like it was funny because I had a conversation with my mom. Something like drama happened in my bio family, and like I chose not to participate in in it. But a younger, people pleasing self would have been like, "Fine, I'll just put myself in the situation because like this, that, and this." But I I felt proud of myself because I was like, I held some boundaries there with these people that are like. I love him, my family, but like, I don't want them encroaching on my boundaries. So I told my mom, I was like, I'm proud of myself for that. And she was like, I'm just proud that you made it down there. And I, that it was cool to hear that because it was another affirmation of like, I did do something like out of my comfort zone. And like, it feels really good to do that because it's been a while since I've pushed myself out of my comfort zone. And like, that was like, I resonate with it having to do that now especially more after going to another country like that dude when i saw that you were going down there and i knew the purpose behind everything i was like that that shows true true character Mm. you know and that's something that you don't always see in our modern society of instagram and tiktok where like everything has to be just right and everything it takes vulnerability to first of all share your story and then also to own it and to be open about it and to like inspire others. Meanwhile, you're still going through this thing. I think um, you're one hell of an inspiring individual. <laughs> I consider myself grateful to know you, but thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like it's you go through those failures or those like icky moments, like doing it in a certain way. Because I used to share everything with my adoption story, and like now I am an open book. But like I would rather do it in like a form of a conversation rather than like make a whole long post about it but I do find like I was telling another adoptee friend this morning or yesterday morning like I want to share my story because like if I can save someone like months worth of like learning lessons on their own just through my own story then like that's another big reason why I'm here you know I'm an artist but like yeah thank you for saying that because like I am trying to be vulnerable and share this as much as I can with out letting people too far in or like giving people just enough so they could understand what's happening Mm. because it's real it's heavy and like while i'm down there in columbia like my counselor therapist adoption counselor therapist like always said something so validating for me was like us adoptees and not just adoptees but especially adoptees like we live in two worlds especially if we find our bio family because like in our adoptive family yeah we're family but 
we're missing something. Yeah. But in the bio family, especially if you don't speak the language, you're missing something. Like, and you've even missed the life that you didn't have growing up with them. Mm. So like you always find yourself in like the middle of two worlds. So that's why we have to learn how to validate ourselves in both worlds or like your own singular world. And like, I would like, if any of the adoptees are listening to this podcast, it's just like kind of let yourself be where you're at in the process. If you're sad, if you're happy, if you're nervous, if you're excited, or like if you don't want to meet your bio family at all, like just remind yourself that like you're safe, nothing bad can happen. And like try something out. Cause I think there's one thing I will say is like, try to look for your bio family if you have a chance because I'm reaping some benefits from like I told you before the podcast from like physically actually spending time with them like I feel chiller like I feel like a physical sense of security after like receiving physical codes (laughs) by chilling next to my family with your DNA yeah yeah and I've never experienced that in my life so like someone was like how was your vacation and then when I heard them say that I was like that wasn't really a vacation that was like going home and like yeah I just thank you for saying that I inspire you because I'm trying to just be authentic but like if I can inspire along the way that's like the point it can be weird like living in a world where living in a world where like vulnerability isn't always a good thing Mm -hmm. you know I've had my own struggles with being open about things that I've struggled with and like sometimes I try to I there was a while where I didn't share what I was going through because I didn't want anybody to see that side of me Mm -hmm. and then I realized that if I share that side of me that like you said you can inspire other people to to be them their most self and to like that you're not alone you know Mm -hmm. no matter what you're going through you're not alone there's other people on there's how many people on this earth, somebody else is feeling what, what you're feeling, you know? And like, for me, it was about, um, not drinking alcohol Mm -hmm. and like working in nightclubs every, every single weekend and being surrounded by musicians all the time and not, not participating in this, in these substances. And for a while I felt like outcasted by it and I didn't want to necessarily tell people that I don't drink and I wasn't proud of it and whatever. But the more open with it that I've been, the more I hear this feedback of like people coming to me and being like, oh, yo, I saw one of your posts. And like, I figured if you could go without alcohol, that I could do it, too. So I'm trying it now. And those are those things that like that just brings me so much joy, mm-hmm. because not to say that everybody needs to be without alcohol or substances, but we can all be a little bit more conscious about what we put in our bodies and the way it affects us. So that was something that I was that I've tried to be more open about in uh, in recent months and years. And it's been really cool that like people are accepting of that and that people are open to it, you know, but it takes a little bit of that cur- courage and that vulnerability to be like, yeah, this is me and this is what I'm, I'm going through. And you may or may not resonate with that, but it's real, you know? Yeah. Especially as a musician, maybe trying to like fit in or like, be friends with other people that you know you're going to run into more in the industry like ah fuck it I'll just take a shot with them or I'll have a drink with them but like when you show it's in the realm of possibility to exist without alcohol Mm -hmm. it does I'm sure there's been many people that reach out and they're like hey like how do you do this or like you inspired me to do this I want to do this and like I think that's where it starts too because I remember I used to be a big pothead and like I remember when 
I first started saying no to my homies for smoking. They'd be like, what? And they would like always still pass it to me, but mm. I would just be like, no, thank you. And then after a while, they get used to it, and then it becomes normal, and it does become like a, all right, it took a second, but like now I'm in the flow of it. And then you figure out why you're smoking, and like sometimes I'm like, all right, I'll just smoke because I want to hang out with my homie, or like maybe I'll make it more like meditative, ceremonial, mm-hmm. or drinking. Like now I'll drink for holidays with my family, or sure. like I was in Colombia and I drank for my birthday, and like it becomes a reward. Do you have aguardiente? Not this time. Okay, no, yeah, no yeah, not yeah. this time. But I like aguardiente. It's like a, it's like a mint, uh, or like kind of like a, it's like a licorice flavored liqueur that they that everyone drinks in Colombia. It's, it's like the Colombia version of uh, what do they drink here in Chicago? Malort. Yeah, yeah. It's like kind of like that type of like they have like aguardiente you have like a a lot of people have like necklaces with a little shot glass on it and you go out and they just like wear it and you're just like constantly taking shots (laughs) um but yeah no it's interesting especially about like alcohol like i feel like it's that and substances are one of the only things that you need an excuse why you're not like if you tell somebody you're not drinking they're like oh why you know and you're like and you're like, dude, why do I have to fucking explain myself to you? Like, right. this is not what I want to do. And there was definitely a growth period for me of like getting past that. And like, I work with a lot of DJs and DJs are known for drinking a lot of alcohol. And like people are taking shots or people offer you a shot and you don't take it. And you're, I've been like outcasted. Um, but over time, I have like that has evolved from being outcasted to like being so like solid in who I am in my own decision making mm-hmm. that it like it's empowering to, to mm-hmm. say no not because like I'm putting a rigid boundary on myself like I drink and you don't you know it's mm-hmm. about like this is my own personal choice and I'm really solid in that right. and this is working really well for me so like no thank you mm-hmm. you can keep your tequila <laughs> <laughs> and I respect that too because like I don't know you've run into people that are very like like I said ego driven or like blindly they're not the friendliest in the scene and like i resonate with you and people like you or like i've been to events where the green room green room has like fruits and veggies and like like yoga mats for artists to participate on then i've been in green rooms where there's just like alcohol everywhere cocaine (laughs) (laughs) so like it's cool though when you brush shoulders with other people or like other events or production companies that are aware that like people are trying to like be slow moving like creatives and like sustainable where Mm. there's some creatives that are trying to ah, get high but sustainable last little thing on this and we can move on is like one of the reasons why i wanted to i first wanted to cut alcohol out of my life because i wanted to take a break and in like the three months that i took a break i got on the radio I got on TV and like a bunch of really good things happened to me where I was like, okay, why don't I just like keep this going for a little bit? And I think like it's, it wasn't so much about like, oh, I don't want to do this. I just realized how much more I was achieving without, without that substances. And like, I want to perform music until the day I die until I'm 180 years old, (laughs) you know? And like, if I was, and I'm already up till three, four, five in the morning every Friday and Saturday, and like every weekend and everything that comes with that. So this was a, a choice that I made about sustainability. I want to like mm. take care of my body so that I can perform and do the thing that I love more. And like the other thing I've realized is that the high that I receive from performing and the adrenaline rush is like 
it's so much more than than just like getting fucked up mm-hmm. for the night with your friends. Like the high of like doing what you love to do and like performing and like having a crowd like respond to you. Like that high is way more important to me than like taking a couple shots and like waking up Saturday morning like, oh, I'm hungover. Like mm. it's all about sustainability. I want to do this forever and I'm going to do whatever I have to do to take care of myself so I can do this forever, mm. you know. There's a lot of burnouts in the scene. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. to be aware of that so early in your career is very, very like you've already set your foundation to be sustainable and like have longevity. Thank you, sir. Um, with that being said, was there any goals you like would like to speak into existence now? So maybe in the future when we come back, you're like, Oh, I did that or I'm still working towards that. I'm currently working on uh an album. Um or at least uh selection of songs which are original um in the clubs and for the most part i perform songs that are covers and i've been working on music production slowly over the past year um diligently over the past six months and i am manifesting uh an album that i'm working on and i'm really excited about some of the songs i'm doing and just to be able to to create something from nothing is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Mm. And I'm really excited about, I want to make a lot of music in my life. And, uh, this first album, I've kind of built it up to be something bigger in my head than maybe it is or than it needs to be. Um, but definitely goals are releasing, uh, more music, collaborating with more artists that are like-minded Id- individuals. And, um, yeah, well, for now it's just about that. And I mean, I'm a, really into rock climbing mm-hmm. and one of the things I love about rock climbing that has a parallel with music is that when you're doing it you you can't be thinking about anything else you know you're yeah. literally on I like like to climb without a rope which means you're, you're bouldering so when you're on the wall if your mind thinks about anything else you're gonna fall off yeah and that's one of the like I said one of the parallels between music and rock climbing is that you have to be fully 100% present and the other goal I would say is a little bit more whimsical but to be uh more present more present with people more present with my work more present with who i am just being more in the now but i would like to hear a couple of your goals too oh that's flipped it back on me (laughs) i think with my goals what i'm feeling into right now is i've written it down i want to get my systems in place um Cause like when I wake up, I know like make my bed, drink some water, check my bank accounts, like get like this general census of like, all right, here's where I'm at. Like, so I can give myself something to anchor to like, all right, I've, I've drank, I've cleaned my room, I cleaned my body. Like all right, I feel good about that. But when I talk about systems, uh, getting in my systems in place, I would like to be able to like, especially for this clothing brand, like do a run of t-shirts, figure out how to like, do the marketing with it, like figure out how to generate income from it because I've reached this point of like being an artist where money's not icky to me anymore. I'm trying to make money mm-hmm. and I want to like empower people while doing that. And I feel there was a level of like disgust or like I had a certain attitude towards like, I don't want to make money off my art. Like I would like to make money off my art, but like I didn't want to be like, Oh, money's like gross and like evil. Mm-hmm. But now I'm at this place where I'm like, about to be 30 years old i want to make this like a living a career and like uh something that's sustainable so Mm -hmm. my goals are to like 
get my systems in place because I also think that's a very like um like in the terms of like stepping into your adulthood or like for men or people that like are lacking in the masculine masculine energy masculine is all about like systems like having structure and foundation and like knowing like when to like surrender is like a feminine thing but like I have found my systems especially after getting out of this relationship have been like tested like some are like strong and then some are like there was not even a foundation mm-hmm. so that's my goal is like getting the systems in place getting the systems in place to build your empire <laughs> an empire that's more of like a not a hive like in the sense of like a hive mind but like something where like if i hire people or if i'm like working with other people like it becomes like a collaborative effort and like I know my place in it or like I know how to bring somebody in because like okay I've done this with my systems and here's how I like to make it work but like that type of like I'm sure it's the same thing with like you as an artist you're like hey like I can do a 15 minute solo (laughs) or some shit like Mm -hmm. crazy like that in your set or like I like to play in this key like figuring out what it is that you bring to the table so then if somebody else comes in you're like here's what I offer well, I look forward to uh, seeing those systems continue to grow and watching you continue to thrive. That's for sure. Thank you very much. I'm excited to learn more sewing because mm-hmm. then that will be like where my creativity can play around. You sure. Know? But I'm trying to think where. OK, so you got Okeechobee coming up. You're going to do drop an album. Tomcat Trumpet every last Wednesday of the month. Is there any like last things you want to leave people with? <sighs> Last things I would like to say. First of all, thank you for having me on. This is I'm glad we got to just get together more than anything. But yeah. this, this has been a true pleasure. Um, as far as what I got going on in my life, I got new music gonna, that's going to be coming out. Be a live one show last Wednesday of every month. I'm going to be at Okeechobee Music Festival. I'm going to be at Electric Forest Music Festival. Last thing I would like to say is that if you're somebody who's been wanting to do something for a while, like you've been called to do something, just go do it, you know, just call to action, do it, do what you've been wanting to do and, uh, let us know how it works out for you. Cause yeah. you, you have a support system. You're looking at them right here. Yeah, that's very true. Like, especially like if you're in Chicago and you see me posting at like, I'm going to a Tomcat trumpet event, like you're more than welcome to come and like paint with me or like Tomcat, like Bless most people perform at his show as long as you have like a good set that's like prepared you know like we're totally open human beings and like like i said earlier tomcat's event is very like everybody's involved there's always something you can do and like you've given me the opportunity like to perform my music and i got confidence with music at your show or like my painting photography so like yeah i would i would echo that like just do it you know because today like even with this podcast i didn't feel like doing it but i was like why just do it. Mm. Now we did it and it felt good. And now we have something to look back on another thing to our homie ship. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited. We did this too. Good vibes, man. Yeah. With that being said, damn, it's been so long. You can listen to this on Spotify, Apple podcasts, YouTube. Um, yeah, this is up everywhere. Find Tomcat's music on, do you have, you have a SoundCloud? I got a SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Uh, I got Spotify. Uh, yeah, I got, stuff out there instagram handles twitter handles or everything like that is in the description of this video um whether it's on youtube or spotify um also maybe i'll make something better that i'll put at the beginning of the podcast but 
if you've listened to this podcast and you're interested in any of my clothing, you can hit me up through direct messages on Instagram. Or if you're shopping on my website, I'll make up a discount code specifically for this website. Let's maybe say, or this podcast, let's say like Tomcat333 will be the discount code. So if you're listening to this podcast and you want a certain percent off, probably 10% off your whatever you purchase on my website, Tomcat333. And I'll know you list got that discount code from this website, from this podcast. I keep saying website. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's like what I'm here to do. And like, thank you for listening. Tomcat's friends, my friends, family, everybody that's tuned in. Um, Support this guy and his art. (laughs) He makes really cool clothes and everything he touches is amazing. I touch myself. I'm amazing. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Thank you again for listening. We back baby. And, Till next time. Till next time.